Welcome back to the Money Pig Podcast, brought to you by Goodwin Investment Advisory, where our mission is to lead people to financial peace, independence, and generosity. I'm your host, Reed Trigo, and today on the show, we're joined by Tim Goodwin for a discussion, actually, a peek under the hood, a little breaking news, right? Yeah, that's on right. the free second opinion retirement plan assessment. Easy yes. for you to say. Well, we, we decided that we would call this shorthand the F- SORPA, the free <laughs> second opinion retirement plan assessment. You got to have, you know, that's way easier to say. I think the, the, the SORPA. SORPA, is <laughs> SORPA, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, but this yeah. is really exciting. We were talking I'm about it. I'm pretty pumped and, about it. And you kind of hear, that, you know, th- things out there in marketing world that are like, oh, well, whatever. This is actually a good idea. I think so. And I think think when people, if they take the chance to go through this assessment, whether they even continue the conversation with our team, they should be able to walk away with like some thoughts, something helpful, some kind of deliverable. So I think a lot of people are driving around wondering like, hey, I, I... I either don't have a plan or I do have a plan. If I do have a plan, it's either in my head or it may even be written down. And have I really shared this with anybody? Uh, And if I have shared it with somebody, do I really feel like they gave me the confidence that I needed to think this was a good plan? You know what I think is actually more normal? Yeah. Is people don't have a plan. Maybe they have a thought many times. And they have thoughts and they have thoughts of, well, maybe I should think about it later. Yeah. Right. Because it's not not a plan. Not a really great, exciting thing to think about all the time. But people like if they challenge you, oh, do you have a plan for that? You'd be like, yeah, in my head, you know, obviously writing it down is is a lot more powerful. But regardless, regardless if your, you know, retirement plan is in your head or written down, I think this is a really great opportunity for folks to take this assessment, to get a feel for where they're at and to potentially have a conversation with one of our certified financial planners about about that. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get a sneak peek here of what the SORPA free second opinion retirement plan assessment nailed it is actually going to look like. Yes. Let's do okay. it. All right. Well, great. So walk me through this. How, how does someone engage with the F SORPA? Yeah. So if you want to take the F SORPA, you're going to go to our website, goodwinvestment.com. On the top right, there's a button there, schedule a call and you'll see another button that says, second opinion or free second opinion retirement plan assessment, right? S SORPA. So that way, when you schedule that call, the GI consultant uh, will know that that's what you want to do. So you've got that. It's probably going to be about 15 minutes, I would guess. um, They're going to walk through this assessment with you. You'll get those results once you've completed that assessment. If you want to continue the conversation, then they will schedule some time with one of our CFPs, Certified Financial Planners, Mm -hmm. uh, who will review that assessment, your assessment, with you. And we'll try to prioritize that and give you some, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, like top three things to be focused on or maybe some things to be working on. Great. And that'll be an in-person meeting as well. It can be. Yep. It can be an in-person meeting or it can, it can be on the phone. So we're flexible, man. You know. Great. Great. Hot I think tech around here. Yes, it is. <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Google Meet. And yeah. Um, and I think it's really good when a lot of companies do this. They just kind of offer some some free guidance, essentially. Right. To just because it's nice yep. and, it's, and it's useful to people and people really appreciate that. I think it, it really like is a non-threatening way to kind of get your plan out there and see what somebody like us, like a CFP would think about it, um, gets that conversation going. And ultimately, ultimately, uh, if you, if you feel like you're fine, that's great. And hopefully we've, we've helped you, um, and added some value to you, but if you feel like you want to continue the conversation, go, Hey, maybe I, maybe I need some more things to work on. Then we can begin to gather more information and data from you. But this assessment's really simple. It's like 10 questions designed to 
taken like 50 minutes or less. Awesome. And who do you anticipate this will be best for? Is it best for someone in their 20s and 30s, newly married, getting ready to have children, or maybe has young children, starting their career, growing? Is it better for those higher middle-aged income earners or people that are really close to retirement? That's that's an awesome question. I'm super glad you asked. Yeah. So we really are trying to focus on people that have a growing portfolio of $300,000 or more. So this one is really, this assessment is really designed for an audience for somebody who is very seriously thinking about retiring and building their assets and planning ahead for their future income sources, or maybe somebody who's just retired and is starting to second guess, like, is my plan strong enough? Is my money going to outlast me? Will it be there if I need it? So this assessment isn't really going to be helpful for folks that are young or still still getting out of debt or still trying to build up the income. So like you're saying, maybe they're a little bit more middle to late age. They're, um, you know, maybe 10 years plus or minus away from retirement. Okay, good. Got it. Cool. All right. So what are these questions? What are they like? So the first question is what percentage of your income can you save for the long term? So just think about your 401k, like what percentage of your paycheck are you putting into your 401k? So um, we really want to get a gauge on that. um, Something we're really recommend to our clients is that it's, you know, at least 15%. Uh, But that's the first question we're going to ask. And that's something we're going to drill down on is what ability do you have to save as a percentage of your income towards retirement? All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. And the the 15% number is interesting because if you go back to like whenever, I don't know, Dave Ramsey started or even before that, the wealthy barber and some of these, I can't remember some of the richest man in Babylon, like that was 10% 10% then, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And then some of the things came along, I think, in the 90s with total money makeover, and he was more like, well, it's 15%. And now you hear way more people saying 20 to 25% oh, wow. is is really really where your aspirational think, savings rate should be. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with how much time you have. You know, So I think if you're a very young person and starting your career and you can begin to save 10 or 15% towards your income uh, with some good investments, then you probably get to where you need to go. Uh, and then it also depends on the Social Security or if you have a pension. A lot of folks don't have, not many folks have that as much now to how much you need to save on your side as well. So yeah, I think we, we've got to see some substantial number there too. And then we've got to really gauge how much time that they've got. Love it. So the second question really applies to like, if I asked you what percentage of your income you're saving towards retirement and you said none, I'm retired. So if you said you're retired, then I'm, then we're diving into a little bit to, um, at what rate of withdrawal are you pulling from your investable assets to cover expenses? So I can just kind of, I know this is like a sneak peek and this is kind of looking underneath the hood. So we are in this industry, we really kind of look at this magic number of a 4% withdrawal rate. So if we got a very long uh, retirement time horizon, uh, we're looking for something 4% or less. If it's shorter, then uh, something above 4% can be fine. But once you start getting into like six, seven, eight percent uh, your probability scenarios start to get a little, little gnarly. So, but if hopefully I don't lose anybody there, we don't want to talk too much about the math here, but this assessment continues to go. And then this is where I was talking about earlier is how much time until you hit that desired retirement age. So awesome. you're right, Reed, if it's a short window, we need to be saving a lot more. If it's a longer window, maybe less. And if that confused anybody, just go Google 4% rule and you'll see that's where that's. Coming yeah. From. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the next question is about, um, home equity. How much equity have they built in their home? So we feel like that's something that's important. We feel like home ownership is important. It's part of a total net worth package. And if you feel like you're getting close to retirement, you don't have a huge investable nest egg, but you have substantial equity in your home, That those are options. Um, so you can downsize. I'm not the biggest fan of a reverse mortgage, but there are times uh, where that where that can come into play as a strategy as well. So 
um, gauging how much equity they have in their home, I think is part of really assessing their retirement plan. Well, and um, downsizing is always interesting and sometimes it's necessary. And and sometimes you just get to a certain point, you're like, I need somebody else to take care of all the stuff around I the know, outside right? of my house. Right? Yeah, outside I've the house. So there's multiple fence. floors and, yeah. you know, maybe the, maybe the kids were once there and they're not. So mm-hmm. um, that's something we really want to help folks look at. So I've seen a lot of um, my mentors, my retirees, my friends, as they retire, the the kids have kind of maybe uh, you know left the nest and aren't really coming back as much, and so they end up selling that home and then getting maybe like a condo in a fun downtown area uh, where they really enjoy just kind of like walking to restaurants and shops and and those kinds of things. So uh, there's a there's a lot of options there if you've got a good bit of equity in your house. So we awesome. certainly want to check on that. Love it. So the next question is: Do you th- if you think you're going to receive an inheritance, how much? Right. And I, I love kind of the attitude of a lot of our clients that come in here. They're like, we want our plan to work, whether we're getting an inheritance or not. And I totally respect that. I think that's super, super cool. And we generally plan that way by default for our clients. However, <laughs> if that's a likelihood uh, that you're getting an inheritance and it's a sizable inheritance, then it is something we want to be aware of and that we want to plan for and can certainly impact uh, what your lifestyle looks like saving towards retirement and what what it might look like after retirement. So we certainly want to gauge that. So the next one, I know this isn't super exciting, but we're looking at like, what are those regular retirement expenses that you would expect to have in the future? And how much of that is going to be covered by fixed income streams like social security or a pension? So this is one that got me when I was in my thirties, met with a financial advisor before you. All right. And he said, what do you think your expenses are going to be in retirement? I'm like, I'm like in my thirties. I have no idea. Right. How can I even have an idea what that's going to be? I love that you asked that question too. And this is another reason why we're not really just sending out this assessment for people to fill out on their own. So if you take that chance and you schedule this, what are we calling it again? The F SORPA, yeah. um, you know, with one of our consultants rolls right, off the, <laughs> right off the tongue, you know? So, um, so when you have questions like that, like some folks may really, really know, cause maybe they're really close. Maybe they're, they're spreadsheeting it out and they know some folks are like, I don't know what that means. So you begin to have this conversation of, okay, well, it's, your expenses are going to be a little bit less now than they are a little bit less than, than they are now. You're not going to be saving for retirement. For example, you might have stuff that's paid off like your house and your cars and things like that. And, and really what we're looking for is what are those like basic um, necessities that need to be covered monthly and how much of fixed income is covering that? Because maybe other income sources and investable assets can cover things like travel and home improvements. Um, but how much of your regular ongoing expenses can be covered by fixed income? So, you know, if your social security that comes in is covering all your regular household expenses, like that helps your plan to be strong. And then maybe you've got other, other things that allow you to travel more or. And, and as you get do more fun things. Oh yeah. 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 And as you get closer to retirement, I, so I heard this analogy and I stole this, so I won't take credit for it, but when I use it with clients, they love it. It's like a golf game, sort of when you're on the tee box, you've got your driver out and that's like being in your twenties and thirties. You're like, I don't really know I just know it needs to go down the fairway, yeah. hopefully stay out of the rough. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. Never successful on this side. I've spent <laughs> we'll a lot of time in, in the trees in between and the deep, the navigational deep weeds. Yeah, it's, 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 but you just hit with all you got down the fairway. Right. Now, your second shot, you're honing in because you're in your 40s mm. and you're getting closer. You can kind of, okay, I need a seven iron or an eight iron. 135. Maybe you can see, maybe you you can can see the flag. You can see that. And then your third shot. Now this is usually like my sixth shot when I was on the green. Right. But I'm putting because now I'm in my sixties and now I, I can take a more accurate 
This was like, shot. I mean, this is a long fairway. I guess you're talking about by your sixth shot on the like green here, Reed. Part eight. Okay, that's what you're on. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's I say that a, and I'm no good at golf, but that's funny. That's probably a part four. I like that analogy, though. That's cool because you really can start good. to mm-hmm. see it and then you can get more fine tuned. So yeah, that's, that's exactly absolutely what we're looking at. So if you're really like on the tee box, this assessment may not be as helpful. This is more of like you've hit it into the fairway, <laughs> you're, you're on your way to the hole, you're doing some more fine tuning. And we want to make sure that we take a step back and kind of look at some of the, the bigger picture stuff and how Love we can it. help you fine tune it. So the next question is, is there any, how much net monthly passive income do you have? So we want to be, if folks have uh, real estate and they're renting out that real estate, maybe they've got business interests, royalties, alimony, things like that. We want to be able to capture all these income sources that are coming into play. Hmm. So the the next question there, and we're almost done, is about insurance, okay? And to be clear, do we sell insurance, Reed? No. We do not sell insurance, okay? But insurance certainly has a role. Insurance is here to help offset risk. So sometimes it might make sense for you to assume that risk. Sometimes it might make sense to pay a premium and have an insurance company assume that risk. And so when it comes to policies that we think about in retirement that can be helpful. One of them is a PLEP. There's another acronym for you. Do you know what PLEP stands for, Reed? Personal Liability Umbrella Policy. Come on, man. We didn't even prepare for that. I know. Man, right on the fly. I I have one. Can you tell us what a PLEP is? Yeah, that's like when you have kids and they're driving and you're afraid they're going to cause an accident. Oh, my. So you... Uh, get an extra liability policy to cover that's assets. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So PLUP kind of picks up some kind of yeah liability claim that exceeds maybe your, your homeowners or an auto insurance situation. Um, and so there's limits there and the PLUP will go above that. As a disclaimer, we are not insurance agents. Exactly. But exactly. that's what that is. So this, the question that we're asking is, do you have any of these four policies, right? Do you have a personal liability umbrella policy, long-term care insurance, life insurance, or disability insurance? And again, we don't sell them and we may not necessarily require all of our clients to have them, but we like to have this conversation because this is something that you, that a lot of retirees will use to protect their wealth, right? You want to protect that wealth that you've built. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that might make your plan weaker or stronger is as you've built this wealth, how well are you protecting that wealth? And you can protect some of that through certain insurance policies. Perfect. Yeah. Insurance different than investments. Yes. Very different. I like it. We like to keep them apart. Yeah. sure do. Okay. <laughs> That's what we recommend. So next question is what percent of your investable assets are in cash or cash equivalents? So our concern here is that sometimes folks will have uh, set money aside and saved it, but not really invested it. So it's like in checkings and savings and CDs. And it's really hard to, to build and compound wealth when you don't really, I talk about like plugging it in and giving it power. You know, you're not plugging it into that power of the stock market or the bond market to really help you keep up with inflation and increasing costs, right? Associated excuse me, with retiring. So that's something we want to be aware of. I think it's okay, certainly to have some cash, but to have a huge percentage of cash as your investable assets um, could really be a risk and um, weakening your plan. And Does I that think that's, yeah. And I think it goes back to when we're even talking to young people or anybody about budgeting, giving every dollar a name mm. when it comes in. Hey, if you're sitting on a bunch of cash and it has a purpose and you know what it is, that's fine probably. Mm. Um, but if you're just sitting on it because it feels good, 
and it does, but if you just have it there because it feels like your little comfy yeah. Snuggie blanket, then... <laughs> I think there's a certain amount. Like, you don't want to yeah. go overboard with Snuggies, you know? <laughs> like, just one is fine, but, you know, seven or eight might be too much. So, the, I'm glad that you brought this up because there's a certain life amount... Lessons. Those are life lessons right there with Tim Good. Seven, <laughs> seven Snuggies, seven is, too snuggies is too many. Except not in your so, house. I bet you guys... We have a... You know, we have a... Lessons. There's a lot of people. Yeah. There's five of us, right? So, we should max out at five. Anyway, yeah. so, I, like you said about that cash feeling kind of cozy. Yeah, we totally agree. Just like Dave Ramsey, have three to six months um, of expenses in a savings account. And I will just go ahead and say this because I feel like people don't say this, an actual amount. I'll say that most of our clients just have ten dollars to $20,000 in cash, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, they spend more than that. Yeah, they do. But the nature of the emergency fund is if you're in between jobs or you're sick and you can't work. And so think about how much less that you would spend if that was the case, that you could spend. Right. So um, anyway, I digress. But whatever you are comfortable with that with your savings account to cover your three to six months of expenses, all that rest of the cash really needs to be invested. It needs to be working hard for you. You worked hard for it, worked hard not to spend it, and needs to work hard for you. Okay. Let me digress also, though, because yeah. I want to go back to this emergency fund thing. Yeah. Uh, as you're more mature, a retiree, for instance, almost nearing, mm-hmm. don't you think a longer emergency fund is better? Almost that dry powder idea. Yes, yes. People do love that dry powder idea. Mm-hmm. They also love like the buckets idea. And it can depend on the client. You know, if you've got, um, you know, they're looking at months of distributions from their stocks and bonds accounts. So maybe they do want three to six months of distributions or maybe they want a whole year. So, but generally what we're, we're doing is we're figuring out what's comfortable for them, but we are still trying to keep as much of that cash plugged in as possible. Because over long periods of time, the stocks and bond portfolios are, are going to outperform that cash at the bank. That's right. Because going yeah. back to that 4% rule, that really assumes that you still have a 50-50 equities to fixed income allocation in your portfolio. Just about. So, yeah. yeah. It might okay. be 60-40, but on yeah. stocks to bonds. But yeah, something close to that. It's definitely a conservative portfolio awesome. or moderate. Uh, depending on who you're talking to. So the last question here is, uh, do you have any other potential liquidity events coming up? So this is a catch-all if somebody's taking the assessment, one of one of our GI consultants, and they plan on selling a business or a piece of real estate soon. We want to be able to kind of capture that in and pass those notes on through. So that's the assessment. We made it. Wow. <laughs> we made it through. <laughs> seems really interesting. And it would be one of the, I, like I said, it's kind of one of those things I think, I don't know, normal people, not us. Just because we sit around and think about this stuff. But normal people probably go about their lives and they work and they're kind of busy. And maybe they're in the sandwich generation. They're taking care of their kids and their parents and their job and their whatever. And do they ever have time to really sit down and do that? Here, 15, 20 minutes. Have a conversation. We'll turn it over. You have a conversation with the CFP. Bing, bang, boom. And I call it like having your nose to the grindstone, right? Like a lot of us are really good. Like grinding that stone. But uh, sometimes we get just so preoccupied about, you know, making the dough, making the money, making the grain to stop and look up and look at that pile of grain that you have or other things that have spun off like pensions and social security and real estate investments and businesses uh, or inheritances that might be coming your way are a really good thing to kind of Take, you know, lift up that nose of the grindstone, look around, assess what you've got, and then make sure that you're still heading in the right direction. So hopefully just these questions alone get people thinking. Uh, If they want to continue the conversation, the GI consultant at the time will schedule um, a call with or an in-person meeting like you're bringing up with one of our CFPs. We'll be happy to review those results with you 
um, and potentially, you know, help you with a kind of some priority list of things to be working on. That's awesome. And I was just sitting here thinking, is this a good time of year? Like we're at the end of 2023, got a couple months left here, or is the start of 2024, you know, the year, a better time to do it. But I think just probably any time. Is yeah. a good time to well, sit folks love this. to set goals. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you get yeah. to the end of the year, say, "Hey, hey, how did my four hundred one k do? How did my investments do? What's my net worth look like now? You know, can I still retire in X years?" Um, so this might just really get people thinking. People tend to slow down a good bit over the holidays. We all do. Um, it's something we all look forward to. You know, pretty much kicking off with Thanksgiving. Uh, and so we're with family and time's a little bit slower. And I think a lot of times our brain will start thinking about some of the more important things when there's not so much urgent activities going all the time. So I think this is a great time to be thinking That's about That's great. It. I think it's a great idea. Great idea for people to, to really, exactly what you're saying. I won't repeat it. So to just to... Um, repeat, to get the free second opinion retirement plan assessment. The F SORPA. SORPA. Go to our website and you can uh, click schedule a call. Yep. You'll talk to one of our GIA consultants. We'll walk you through the assessment free as advertised. That's the F in SORPA. (laughs) And also to get our blog. It's not a P SORPA. That would no, be like PH. a pr- premium or a priced SORPA. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's an F SORPA. It's a free one. Another peak Sorry. under the hood. Man, <laughs> Another- goodness. Um, but if you want to get our blogs, you can text blog, B-L-O-G, blog to 66866 or go to our website, which I should mention is Goodwin Investment. I should also mention that our blog rocks. We've been writing original blog content at least twice a month for, I think uh, Tara and I were talking about this the other day, like probably at least seven years. Wow. So we've got almost 5,000 people subscribed to our blog. We have almost a, we average about a 65 to 67% open rate on a blog, which is super high. And I think that's mad props to Tara, who's been creating the majority of that content over the years that we're always trying to come up with something that's super duper helpful there's some quick wins in there. There's guides. There's all kinds of resources. And so, yeah, highly, highly recommend if you're liking what you hear on the podcast and you want to learn more, um, definitely. What was it? They got a text blog to... 66866. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned the checklist that are on there too. Great resources. Um, we have an end of year planning guide, not checklist. I said checklist. Guides. Yes. End of year planning guide that's available on there. Go to the website. Search that out. Great information and get you thinking about how to end the year and start 2024 strong. Or if you're listening to this in 2024, then, or if you're listening to it in 2024, then you want to start 2025 strong. Absolutely. (laughs) This is a timeless episode, Reed. Timeless. Timeless. It's exactly right. All right. And, and, you know, as financial advisors, we manage and balance portfolios, but the unique value is that we work to understand our clients' individual goals so we can have these types of planning conversations that are so personal and unique to each individual. Thank you again for being with us, Tim. Always a pleasure. All right. And thank you all for listening. Take it away, Tara. The Money Pick Podcast is hosted by Reed Trigo, a financial advisor at Goodwin Investment Advisory. This podcast is intended to share information and perspectives, but should not be interpreted as legal, financial, or tax advice. The opinions shared by participants are not necessarily endorsed by the company. Goodwin Investment Advisory is regulated by the SEC, and the company operates in compliance with applicable securities, laws, and regulations. 